Hello, my name is Ken, and I'm your podcast preacher. Welcome to my podcast, Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in and through our lives. So I initially tried to record this message, which was titled, Did We Fall Out of Our Cribs in Heaven? And in my attempt to combine that seven-message series into one, I renamed it The Pavers of Christianity. But after my review and revision to the original message, it ended up being longer than the seven-part series. Since I could not get the message reduced down to an hour, which is a software limitation and not my own, I deleted the message and decided to pout and remind God that I did not like wasting time and that I was frustrated. So it didn't take me long to get to the place where I could ask God for His perspective. He first reminded me that I have read books that were short, so a short message is okay. Then he stated to record one opening and use it for the following six subjects. Be perfect, be sinless, be pure, be righteous, be blameless, and be holy. So if those topics sound familiar, that's because they're covered in the message titled Gorilla Bananas. But I've gone into depth in these in this message. So don't be thrown off in that you will hear this opening six times. But each of the aforementioned topics will be discussed separate and apart from each other. So what makes you different from those who are not Christians? Just to head off the missiles, I will say that it is not effort or works on your part. Now let's see if we can answer that question. I can guess that some of you might say that God is in you, of course, right? Or I get to live in heaven with God. Well, yes, that's what makes me different. And for some you might say I don't have to go to hell and that's different enough for me. But no, yes, and that is not where I'm going with this message. Getting to know God is one of the greatest privileges ever bestowed upon mankind. But even that has a set of prerequisites. Good morning and get in the podcast caddy. We are about to drive the drive few, if any of us, ever thought was possible. Okay, so what things? That is, behaviors. Separate a sheep from the goats. Matthew 25, 32. Well, now is a good time to consider that God will be asking us to do things here that are all but impossible. No, he won't. He will be asking us to be. And no, we cannot do something to become these things. But we must believe in faith that what was necessary to inherit these pavers was done by Jesus, by his death, his three-day UFC rumble in the belly of the earth, and his resurrection of which he himself stated that he is the resurrection. John 11.25 So the Bible states, I am, 1,864 times in the New King James Version. I am is a state of being. It is not a state of doing, but being. I am that I am. It's one of the more well-known I am's in all of eternity, Exodus 3.14. But so by the rumble from the center of the earth, Jesus did not win us this title, which by who he is, as it only applies to him. Yes, to God and Jesus. We are God's kids of the I am, but not the I am's ourselves. Now the following attribute is important for us to bring about, but not for him. It just requires us to understand the revelation knowledge that we became this attribute on the day of our spiritual birth. Only John the Baptist may have become this attribute while still in his mother's belly, Luke 1.41. And so, but when we fall away from the original definition of this attribute, we also have an advocate who squares away our mess and asks that we get going again. 1 John 2, 1. My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous.
We are different from the unsaved peeps by a lot. Jesus tells us that we are gods. He said it, and I just have to agree with it in my heart and in faith, in order for things to work out as they do in heaven, and as they did on earth in his ministry. We are cut from the same cloth as our Lord and Savior. Surely we can allow God to bring us through, right? It truly is about the level of revelation we are able to understand, our belief and application of faith, the level of our spiritual maturity, and if we are truly sold out to God, seeking Him in every step of our breath. Short of these things, I believe there is still room for the rest of us to catch up. We just need to muster the faith so that we can relish the... (laughs) Okay, Ken. It's morning and I'm not in the mood for a hot dog. Right. It is this catching up or growing up and maturing that we will eventually get to a place whereby we understand the knowledge of God and wisdom and understanding. It's time to pave. But first we must establish something very spectacular for you to know about yourself, and that is that you are the home of God. Yes, he can be in two places at once, in you and in heaven. This is important because this attribute manifests through you, because he is in you, and you are in him. The Temple of God, 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, for you were bought at a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 2 Corinthians 6.16 And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Revelations 21.22 But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The title of this message is Holy. Revelations 4.8 The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is, and is to come. The first thing, they do not rest. Oh, the waiting to get to a place where rest is not needed. And second, and more important than not having to rest, is that they establish the atmosphere in the kingdom of God, in heaven, with their uninterrupted, unhindered, fully voiced out, taking no breath, singing song angels, declaring his majesty and holiness nonstop and prophesying the glorious return and full-on takeover of this wretched planet. Say it with me. He's coming back. He's coming back. The mountains cannot express, nope, even if they could turn themselves inside out, they could not express the elatedness of them and all of creation upon seeing that Jesus is returning. (laughs) They would lay their roads flat for his steed if it were possible. He is coming back to make everything right, as it should be. And upon hearing this, your entire day should have shifted, unless you are listening from heaven. Let's try. Romans 11.16 For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. This may be evidence that the game whack-a-mole has been around for a minute. No lump for the bump. But you see why it's important to be grafted into the tree of life. Be holy from root to fruit. 
You're holy, so you ought to act like it. It's okay to do so. No, really. I, too, am working on it. I'll wait. Better now? Okay, so be holy this very day. And see how it works out differently for you. Romans 16, 16. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. You have to be holy to greet someone with a holy kiss, right? I think God point-blanked us on this one. 1 Corinthians 3.17 If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Everyone wants God to live in them, but some don't want him to clean the house once he gets there. Let him, it's necessary, no doubt. This scripture can also imply that if anyone messes with you, that is, defiles you, they are messing with God. I know it sounds gangster, right? Hey man, you mess with him, you mess with me, capiche? No, God's not Italian. 1 Corinthians 7.14 For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. This is why we stay married if only one of the spouses gets saved. If someone showed up at your house and stated to you, right before you were about to quit on each other, hey, staying in the marriage covers the kids and makes them holy, how would that impact your decision to leave, to give up on God? Is it in faith that you divorce someone? Can you say that you trust God and believe that you really do as you leave him or her? Hey now, if you wonder if I'm being too hard, First consider that I fight for my marriage and have done so from the beginning as much as anybody else has to. I know what it's like to want to give up. I know what it's like to come to the end of my solutions and wonder if she'll be home when I get home. I'm qualified to encourage you to stay in it. My hard-fought battles, won over a lifetime, qualify me to love you straight. Besides, it's not your spouse that's the issue. The battle's not of flesh and blood, remember? Learn to fight. Change some habits, and fully trust in God. You must not give in or give up. It's that significant, peeps. Now, don't most parents say that they live and die for their kids? But what about keeping them under your holiness covering? <laughs> we'll go on to Ephesians 1.4. Just as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, and without blame before him in love. So you should be holy, right? Are you? Say yes, because you didn't make yourself holy. You see, God is your Father from whom you originated from, and you have His spiritual DNA inside of you. There is no doubt that there is a gene called holiness traveling throughout your being. Of course, this depends on if genes travel. But you get what I mean, right? You see, I'm talking to your mind and your heart on this issue. Your sin is vaporized and outside of the mind of God. Only you can determine what parts of God are not true for you in this season. All God parts are yours, right? Jesus doesn't have a sin tumor on his bride. So you have to be sinless, blameless, pure, undefiled, and holy, to name a few. Ephesians 2:21, In whom the whole building, being fit together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Holiness also grows? Well, sure. Well, I think it can also be said that as our maturity catches up with the truth of the Bible, then that's how it grows. But now what I think this might be saying is that the growth is a connection between believers and that this is holiness growing. 
As each person gets added to the temple, it grows more and more. I didn't get that from anywhere, but from my head. So, but it's just a thought. As church leadership equips the saints for the work of ministry, we help the sheep grow up into a holy being, a holy temple. What an honor. We got to go back to how, right? It's not enough to know what the thing is, but how we get there. Ephesians 3, 5. Which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets. They were accused of being holy, and so can we, if we are humble and teachable. You want to fight against a lack of love? For any brethren that may require just a little bit more love than you have to give? Well, consider him or her holy, and move into that perspective from that position. Ephesians 5.27 That he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she should be holy, and without blemish. This sounds like an infomercial regarding skin anomalies. <laughs> she has to be holy, as he is holy. The she being discussed here is his church. It is his bride. He is not an adulterer. He's coming back for one bride. And her street name is church, period. There is no other name by which he is looking for. I see it like this, that a few from each church, more from the missionary fields, and a lot from those totally sold out to their husband, Jesus. Those are the peeps that will make up the bride. Now, this is no doubt my opinion, and but I hope that whatever the number comes from the church is, that we can quadruple it before his return. Colossians 1.22 In the body of his flesh through death, to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. So he died already, so that you are presently presentable and above reproach in his sight. Think about that for at least two weeks straight. Jesus made you holy and presentable before the Father. You can stand in his presence, blameless and holy, without guilt, shame, or condemnation, but look straight up into the face of God. I'm telling you the cross is bigger than just sin. Colossians 3:12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Yep, we are holy and have behaviors, developed or being developed, that God expects that we would walk in while on our 70-year camping trip on this planet. 1 Thessalonians 5.27 I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. Here again they are being accused of being holy, not just growing into holiness. It's a great start down the highway to holiness. Hey, get in the podcast caddy and let us roll. Titus 1.8 For a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled. It's a job requirement. Okay, so wait. You are at an interview, and you sit down after handing the lead panel member your application and resume. They look at you and make some comments about your work history and education, and then ask you the first question, Are you holy? And then the second, are you hospitable, sober-minded, a lover of what is good? And so your response is, oh wait, yes, I really, really, really love what is good. Do you see it? You are holy. Now be it, do it, teach it, 
and bear fruit worthy of the cost of gaining it. Hebrews 3.1 Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. This sounds to me like the boss is watching, and we should want him to be doing so. 1 Peter 1.15 But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Interesting, eh? You are called holy and told to be it. Not try to be it, not practice to be it, but to be it. You have God's spiritual DNA in the marrow of your bones, your holy bones. Hey now, there's a street name worth adopting. Hey, Mr. Holy Bones, how you doing? <laughs> Anyways, 1 Peter 1.16 Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Like father, like son, mother, like daughter. He's just reminding us of where we came from. A holy God. 1 Peter 2.5 You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now you see why you need the teacher, the Holy Spirit, to help you in your mind vacancy. A holy priesthood while working at 7-Eleven? Yes, while working at Taco Bell. Yes, you can introduce yourself like, Hey man, I'm Bob and I'm a holy priesthood. Can I get you a burrito? 1 Peter 2.9 But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praise of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You are special to God if you have been born again. Never let anyone tell you any different. You would need to know this in your own special season of the fiery furnace or lion's den. You are special to God, the creator of air. Think about it. Second Peter 1.22 For prophecy never came by the will of man. The holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So holy men and women are moved by the Holy Spirit. If you are moved by any other spirit, you are still holy, but now you're in trouble as well. Breaking relationship with God is possible, and restoration will be required every time you stray away and into the fields of darkness to get your answers. 2 Peter 3.2 That you might be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. 2 Peter 3.11 Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you be in holy conduct and godliness? <laughs> be holy because everything will be destroyed and no longer relevant, regardless if you have farmer's insurance or not. You see, it's not what you have, but who you are. What version of you shows up in heaven before a holy God? It's the holy version you want to present. Leave the Bugatti for the earthlings below. Jude 1.20 But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. This is fun. I'm just seeing how holiness is such an important part of our entire lives as Christians. So here we are instructed to build ourselves up, using the holy faith that we have praying in the Holy Spirit. What, so now what? Yes. You have to have the Holy Spirit to build yourself up. And go ahead and try to pray in tongues without the Holy Spirit. Careful, you might raise Cain, and that wouldn't be a good idea. Revelations 22.11 He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, 
let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. The word here is let, so do not hinder a person who is holy. And now think about this. Every Christian is called to be holy and is holy. So if you have unholy issues with another believer, this scripture is talking about you. There is no contradiction in the kingdom of God. It actually sounds like we ought to leave a person in the condition that they want to be in. If change is something that they want to embark on, then perhaps that is a moment of opportunity. Let them be, let them be, let them be, oh, let them be. Hey, Ken, were all of those holiness scriptures necessary? I mean, I got it on the first one. I'm holy, right? Yes, but I like to talk a minute, and God made me this way. So I will be me and do me in the hopes we all walk away from this message holier than we were when we started listening in. A word of caution here. And is this random or what? Yes, but I must address the gods in the room that heard me say that we are gods. Just because we are gods doesn't mean we are absolutely going to walk in perfection. We will experience God's correction when we get off or his testing, purging, etc. The fact that these corrective actions exist tell us we are at risk to get sideways if possible. But we are still like Dad, still gods, his kidlets. We have a spiritual DNA running through our very being. Still gods and children of the Most High. Praise God forevermore that this is so. The other thing that comes to mind is to consider that we are also human. Jesus was conceived by way of the Holy Spirit through Mary. He too put on an Adam suit before Adam fell. You got it? You see, Jesus wasn't human like us until he became sin for us while he was hanging on the cross. Up to that point, he was sinless, just like Adam, before Adam ate the fruit. You know me, I sometimes like to add a little snack in the message. When Elvis ended one of his shows, I think he would start out with his closing song. And now, the time has come. Well, I'm just assuming it was planned that way. Whichever, the time has come for this message to end, and I truly hope that you meditate on this fact, that you are now holy. Holy. As soon as you got born again, you are holy. And that makes you no longer a part of this world. We know that Jesus said, you are not of this world, and he is not of this world. And we are connected to him. It's kind of hard to believe that we were born on this earth, and then somehow, miraculously, we are taken away from it, and now we belong to something else. Something altogether different. And it's true. It is different. When you heal somebody, that tells other people who are watching, who are not saved, you're a different person. You're different than they are. You can do things they cannot do. But the beauty of it is that you can invite them into a relationship with God, and then they too can do what you do. And then they will no longer be of this world either. I think if we charged a million dollars for salvation, we might get more saved. There's just something about having to pay for something that makes us respond. The truth is, it's a free gift, and it's going to make it a lot harder for those who end up in hell to consider that one fact. It was free, and I rejected it. Please don't reject it. Listen to what we're saying. Watch what we're doing, and become a part of it. Well, that's it for this message. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding the message, but what you can take away from it. Together, we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of light to shine through into people's lives.
Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.